Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5. We're here in the studio for another lovely action-packed session for you this afternoon. And I hope you would enjoy listening to us wherever you're listening in from, whether being in the West Midlands on Unity FM or at home listening in on the net, or if you're in Luton tuning in on 105.1 FM. I hope, inshallah, Ramadan is going well for you all and... uh, the fasting is, uh, inshallah, getting you lots of barakah and rewards, inshallah. We're now halfway is true, mashallah, the time is going so quickly. And uh, we're this evening wanting to talk about parenting your children and different parenting issues during Ramadan. And also about a little bit about preparing for Eid, which is going to be very soon. So time is going to be run away, which is very, very quickly. And with that, I'm going to introduce my guest speaker. I have in front of me, mashallah, lovely guest speaker, Dr. Elizabeth Iman Penny. And Dr. Elizabeth Iman Penny is a clinical psychologist and she's working in the Children's Hospital and the Women's Hospital, mashallah. Lots of experience, mashallah. She's also a mother, so I'm really looking forward to introducing her. Welcome, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Jazakallah, thank you. Mashallah, mashallah. It's lovely to see you here. It's lovely to see professionals coming in here. And it's, it's lovely to know that you're a convert. I'm sure our listeners might want to know a little bit about your background before we start talking about the parenting, etc. Maybe you could tell us a little a little bit, just little snippets about your background, if, if you sure, don't mind. Sure, no problem at all. Um, so I'm, a, as Kathy said, I'm a, I'm a convert myself. I converted to Islam 15 years ago now. Mashallah, so mashallah. Very long time, it feels like. And um, I'm a clinical psychologist by training. So, uh, But I specifically work with, with families and with young people. And I've had an interest for a long time in, in young children and kind of early attachment with mums, that side of things. So um, I've had my own experience of that as well, as I have three quite young children of my own so I know that sometimes the theory is hard to put into practice mm. um, and obviously from an Islamic perspective we we look at everything we learn about parenting from the the, the perspective of, our, of how our Prophet would respond to it don't we mm-hmm. so so I guess I'm really interested in, in thinking with you and with the listeners about how our religion influences our parenting because really everything that we should do we should be thinking is this the right way of doing it is this Mm -hmm. the best way for our children is this the best way to make them into really happy well-functioning and good muslims i guess inshallah yes uh, that's what we are trying to do here mashallah and it's it's so nice when you were just talking there i was uh, thinking about um, ourselves sometimes when we talk about parenting and and parents ring in and they think that because we know the theory and we teach this that we have all the solutions ourselves and we never face any problems in our own life with raising children so i'm glad you said that not always the theory goes perfect so we're all challenged so as human beings as parents we're all challenged in raising our own children and that's probably what parenting is about I think that's key people really underestimate how difficult a job this is Mm. and the fact that no one is going to get it right all the time and you Mm. know we have a phrase about being a good enough parent Mm -hmm. you know I think I hold on to that myself at home quite often when I'm Mm. feeling like I'm not perfect but do you know what Allah doesn't want us to be perfect. He wants us to try as hard as we can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our kids can see that we don't do everything right. And that's okay as well, you know, as long as they know that they're loved and that we are trying to help them and that we are consistent as much as we can be with Mm -hmm. them. We have to be aware of what we can and can't do, you know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's about choosing our struggles, isn't it, with our kids? Yeah, 
Yeah, it is. And each child is very, very different, you know. Absolutely. Mm. You know, you see some first-time mums feeling so happy that their child, I don't know, sleeps through the night or mm. is so well-behaved, mashallah. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to think, oh, that's because of something clever that I've done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a gift from Allah. Because mm-hmm. actually you can have your second child and they may wake up every hour and a half mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. the first two years. Yeah. And it won't be because of what you've done. It's mm-hmm. because everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Children are different. Some of them are a little bit more difficult at different stages of their lives, yeah. you know. Yeah. But that's our test and mm-hmm. that's also, you know, a, a blessing and a mercy that Allah has given us. So we mm-hmm. have to kind of remember that, that actually whenever we feel pleased with things, we feel mm-hmm. like, oh, our parenting's going really well. We mm-hmm. have to think to ourselves, well, that's just, that's not us. That's, that's a gift from Allah, really. Mm-hmm. And if it's difficult, that's our trial and our test. Mm-hmm. And we can get through it because Allah wouldn't have given us anything that's impossible for us. Yes true subhanallah and actually what you're saying there really reminds me of the ayah quran that our children are a test and a reward Mm. and a blessing at the same time so parents if you haven't uh, read that please do read it in chapter 8 verse 28 that our children are a blessing but they are a test and Mm. a reward and And it's it's a word fitness isn't it and Mm. i remember when i read that before i had children Mm. it seemed like a really strong word Mm. because i thought you know children are such lovely fluffy cute things Uh and then when you have your own children you realize that they are a a trial you know because Uh it's a big test for someone to be Uh there all the time with you and they need so much from us don't they and they do push our buttons as well so we do make mistakes and and that's okay alhamdulillah alhamdulillah that is is good alhamdulillah so what we're going to talk about today is a little bit about parenting with children but maybe before we go into that can you just tell us a little bit about your journey so you went through the clinical psychologist training which we know is years and years and years but mashallah you're working now in both children's hospital and women's hospital so what does that mean can you tell us what you do on your kind of a day-to-day basis of course yeah I've, I've mm. been based at the, at the um, children's hospital in Birmingham for mm. quite a few years and there we work with families and young people who have physical health problems mm-hmm. so these children could sometimes be very ill mm-hmm. and sometimes it's helping families come to terms with even terms terminal diagnoses or chronic conditions that are going to suffer a child for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we help children just with anxiety and coping with maybe injections or having to have operations or this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of different things that we do to help children who are, are physically ill, mm-hmm. but to help the families with the emotional aspects of that, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. But recently I've started working, been seconded from that position to the women's hospital. Mm-hmm. And there I work in the neonatal unit which is a unit specially made for premature babies or unwell babies. Mm. So we have a special care unit, which most hospitals have, mm-hmm. where your baby might well have been sent if they're a little bit unwell mm. or a little bit small, have a little bit of problems feeding or one of those difficulties. Mm. But we also have an intensive care side, which is for children who are really struggling. They might be very, very early. So we have babies who may be even 23 or 24 weeks, mm-hmm. very premature, mm-hmm. and they will be with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. Or we have children who are born at term but have significant health problems, mm-hmm. for example, cardiac problems, mm-hmm. um, and will need to stabilise and get better with us before they can go over to the children's hospital mm-hmm. for treatment. So obviously there I'm not working with children anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do much <laughs> to help those babies, but I can do a lot to help the families, um, mm-hmm. just helping the families cope with the terrible situation that they're in Mm -hmm. helping them to know how important they still are to their baby that actually even if you can't hold your baby even if you can't physically help your baby your baby's very ill maybe on a ventilator and not you can't even feed your baby or anything Mm -hmm. 
just being with your baby is so important. And that's the attachment that Allah gives between a mother and a, and a child. Mm. It's amazing to me how that baby can recognize the mother's voice or the father's voice as well, mm-hmm. can be soothed by having them close. Mm-hmm. So we try and help parents to, to cope with that time. I also mm-hmm. work training staff there, so mm-hmm. helping the staff to um, realize the emotional journey that their families are going through. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they work there for so long, it's their day-to-day, it's their normal, mm-hmm. you know, as in your nursing background, you can do yeah, things to people yeah. and forget about mm-hmm. the, the implications really emotionally. Mm-hmm. So we try and help the staff to, to be more kind of careful and compassionate in mm-hmm. how they work with families, I guess. Mm-hmm. And to support them when they feel stressed, because obviously it's a, mm-hmm. it's a really stressful job for them to, as well. Mm-hmm. Wow, it sounds a real challenging job, but also a really very rewarding job that you're you're there able to help parents bond and make that attachment with their babies that maybe they can't even touch or they can just barely touch one area of the skin and Absolutely. that's it, yeah. It's really and mm. it's really humbling to see how amazingly some parents do cope and the amazing things that they do for their children. And mm. if you feel you can help a little bit with that process, that is very rewarding, yes. Mm. Mashallah. May Allah reward you, inshallah. Mm. And maybe inshallah. we'll do come back into another programme later on all around that as well, uh, specifically, because I'm sure some of our listeners may have queries or questions or maybe have had uh, experience in in the children in the areas Absolutely. There. You know, it's amazing mm. how many children are born premature or mm. born unwell. And it's something that people don't really like to discuss or mm-hmm. talk about. Sometimes family members themselves don't really know how to respond or yeah, how best yeah. to help those, yeah. those people because of that but really there's it's there it's mm-hmm. there in, in every extended family and in every street mm-hmm. you yeah, will yeah. find that yeah i think it's uh, worthwhile coming back to this uh, inshallah and we're doing a whole program around this and if listeners are listening in maybe they can contact us if they'd like to take part in that if to tell us of their experience and how they found it in inshallah so that we can build that into the program also inshallah but today what we're talking about is uh, broadly about parenting and parenting in ramadan etc and mm-hmm. how do we raise our children and and overcome some of the issues that we have uh, ourselves that uh, maybe around our anger or around trying to get our children to understand the the values, I suppose, for want of a better word, of charity, of kindness, of respect, all those values that come with Ramadan. Mm. So what can you, what tips, I suppose, or what, how can we help our parents in Ramadan first around that? What could we do? What advice would you give parents? It's such a broad area, isn't it? Yeah. But I think, mm. first of all, it's really about shifting our perspective about Ramadan. You know, when people say, oh, it's the month that we fast. Mm-hmm. Ramadan is our once-in-a-year opportunity to make ourselves better mm. in all aspects of our life. And parenting is such a vital part in both mothers' and fathers' lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the things you'll be most accountable for on the Day of Judgment. You mm-hmm. know, you'll stand up in front of Allah and you'll be accountable for those who you are in charge of and that's our children isn't it Mm -hmm. so actually it says in the Quran to save our children doesn't it to Mm -hmm. save our families Mm -hmm. from the fire so we need to be really focused on our families sometimes in Ramadan we think how am I going to distract my children and I've thought this myself Mm -hmm. I'm sure many times how can I distract my children how can I get them out of the way so that I can do my Quran I can Mm -hmm. do my Salah I can be undisturbed and we do need to plan our time obviously we Mm -hmm. need time for ourselves and that's really important for parents Uh to have but we also need to think okay how can I improve my parenting in Ramadan how can I make myself a better Muslim because if I practice it in this month Uh I'll surely be able to carry it on you know afterwards so So one really key area for me I know and and for lots of parents is about controlling the temper Uh 
Mm. You know, we're told that when we're fasting, we're meant to control our tempers. So that's a really good reminder for us, you know, can we do that with our children? Can we try and think about, okay, is that, is, has there a pattern here where the only my children only listen to me when I shout? You know? <laughs> so how do I change that? How do I slowly manage to change my parenting? And depending on the age of your children, you can bring them alongside you with this because mm. you can actually say to them, look, this is Ramadan. Let's think together about our family goals. Mm-hmm. You know, what goals do I have as a parent? What goals do you have as a child? And mm-hmm. how can we do that together? So I said with my children this year, you know, actually, I, mummy wants to shout less, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and I want you to shout less as well. And, and mm-hmm. wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be nice if we had a house where there was less shouting? Mm-hmm. So why don't we make that a family goal for Ramadan, mm-hmm. you know, and we can remind each other when we're not quite doing oh, that. Oh, isn't that lovely? That's a yeah. lovely it, family goal. I'm not goal. saying it always works, but, yeah. yes, but, but your you know, intention was there. moving towards it. Yeah. It's moving towards it. Exactly. Your attention is there and you're coming together. And what I love is that you're including the children together. What can we do together? Reminding each other. Mm. And it's a goal that will be beneficial for everybody long term as well in your own lives because it's, it's maybe changing just a habit that has crept in. This habit has crept creeped in into our lives and you're going to change that so now that you've got your children on board and you've Mm. decided on what you're going to do how are you starting to implement it what are you doing to implement it you you said you mentioned you looked at a pattern are you looking at when does this normally happen is it morning to school or something like this yeah the first stage i think is Mm. stepping back and ramadan does give you the space to do that doesn't Mm -hmm. it step back and think okay what am I doing well? Mm-hmm. And let's celebrate the things that yeah. we are doing yeah. well. Yeah. And what, what am I doing less well? You know, mm. okay. What so can I be improving? So if it's, if it's shouting or if it's, you know, giving in to your children, that's another problem because mm. we want a balance, don't we? Yeah. You know, if it's the fact that whenever my child has a tantrum, I give in. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we focus on our children and we say, oh, he or she does this mm. and they're badly behaved. But actually, you're the boss. You're the one in charge. So if your child's always having tantrums, stop blaming the child and figure out what you're doing to encourage that. So let's think about what small things we would like to change. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, then why are they happening? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's easy for me to do this to other people and harder for me to do it <laughs> on my own life. But yeah, a key thing is, is for example, we're in going the morning come, when you're rushed. Okay, we're going to come back after this commercial break to talk more about this key thing. I'm sure we've got our listeners sitting on their seats now waiting to know what can they do. But I'm afraid we have to go into this commercial break. So inshallah, join us after the break. Thank you. 
قد جئت أبكي عند بابك طالبا وفرانا كالسامي بكل جناني أنت الراحم بنا وعفوك شاميل فاشمل بعفوك دمعتي وبياني أنت الكريم وما رادت يا دمرئ قد جاء يطرق باب جودك داني Broadcasting throughout Ramadan and beyond, bringing you the best in radio entertainment on 93.5. This is Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. This is Parenting Hour, and I have in the studio with me Dr. Elizabeth Iman Penny. And she was just talking before the break about anger, and I had to stop her right at that crucial point. I'm sure you're all been wondering, well, how can I deal with this anger? What can I do? So, Dr. Elizabeth, I'm going to pass it over to you. Okay. The first <laughs> aspect is figuring out. What's the triggers? What times is this more likely to happen? Because if we can stop it before we get angry, that's so much easier. So we can do some problem solving, really practical things. I lose my temper with my kids mm-hmm. before we go out for school, and that's because they've forgotten their homework. It's under the bed. The other child has lost their toothbrush. It's somewhere in the bath. Mm-hmm. A third child pretending to be eating their breakfast, but actually they haven't eaten anything yet. Mm-hmm. The fourth child has lost their socks. Mm-hmm. So when you see all these things happening together, it's very difficult to keep your mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So let's be as prepared as we can for stressful times. Let's make sure that the bags are packed the night before. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're running around at midnight packing the kids' bags for mm-hmm. them. It mm-hmm. means that just after dinner, you say to the kids, right, let's have a nice chilled out morning tomorrow. Let's get ready now. Mm-hmm. What can they do that's age appropriate? Can they pack their bags and put them in the right place? I'm a very forgetful person. So mm-hmm. I have a little whiteboard which has written on it each morning the things that I'll need. So Monday, I must bring money for charity for school. Wednesday, I must bring swimming things, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. And that makes it a little bit less stressful for me. And if I'm a bit less stressed, then they will be. Very good plan already. I can see that that's working. When you're feeling angry, it's also about strategies that you use with your children so Mm -hmm. that you feel in control. Sometimes you get into a pattern where the only thing that's helping is shouting and then they do what they're told. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different strategies according to the age of your child that you can work on. One thing that sometimes works with with younger kids is the one, two, three strategy. Mm -hmm. So saying to a child, okay, I've told you once to go and do it. Mm And if they still aren't listening, then you say, well, that's two. And once they get to three, there's a punishment, which is normally time out or mm. taking away a privilege. Mm. So that you can warn your children that really I am serious without mm. having to raise your voice. Also, remember that actually 
we can give reinforcements and we can give punishments to our children without having to shout. Mm-hmm. The Prophet said, didn't lose his temper. We don't need to lose our tempers. Yeah. But we can say, oh, I'm sorry that that's happened. Now you're going to have five minutes less television or whatever thing it is that they enjoy. So mm-hmm. there's lots of strategies you can think about and you can look in some of the parenting books for different ideas. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, talk to your partner mm-hmm. and anyone else in your house who has a parenting role. Mm-hmm. So that includes your parents-in-law, your parents, mm-hmm. whoever it is. Let's make sure we're being consistent with these children. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we're all singing from the same sheet. Yeah, Let's make yeah. sure that everyone is saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's more difficult than other times, I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we have a parent's meeting away from the children, and we can all agree that one behaviour we don't like, let's have a consistent strategy mm-hmm. that everyone can agree. You might have to compromise some of the things you want, mm-hmm. but let's try and get some kind of consistency, because mm-hmm. otherwise kids are never going to be listening to us if, mm-hmm. if they get a different message from somebody else. That's true, and they're learning all the time, children, and why what you're doing and what you're saying. And if they're getting mixed messages, then they're, they're going to be testing out the, these mixed messages as well. Mm-hmm. So I like your idea of being organized, mashallah, and having everything there. I'm just going to pose a question to you now, because I remember my own children when they were, were very young, and one stage they weren't going to a school that they had to wear a uniform when we were living abroad. So this, they always had a problem about wanting to choose their dresses or wanting to choose what they wanted to wear. And in the end, I used to give them a choice of, okay, this or this. And that was quite mm. easy that they could say, okay, I, they had the only choice of two things and they decided that. But then it come to the hair. And they'd have decided that they want a ponytail. And just when I'm running out the door myself, they say, no, 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 I want pigtails. Or no, I want plaits. And of course, you want your children to be happy going to school. What can we do around about that? Have you got any tips around about that? Maybe we've decided on the dress and they're Mm. all ready and ready to go. But then they start crying last minute going out the door because, you know, especially for young children. No, I I don't want this. I want something else. I think. One thing you said there is really helpful, which is giving choices but making them your choices. You know, one thing, a key one is kind of, are you going to do that now or later? And, you know, choosing between two or three garments to Mm -hmm. wear rather than letting them do whatever they like. And it's really important that children do feel they have some choice and some free will, but they have to know that is within boundaries. So what you're saying about running out Mm -hmm. the door, I think with my children, what I try and teach them is there's a time for things. So what I will do very carefully is I make sure I do the hair just as soon as I finish their breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I will say to them, okay, this is the time. Do you want X or Y? Mm -hmm. And there won't be any time for changes later. So Mm. they, they, and this is actually teaching children time management. Mm. They have to learn themselves that actually they make a decision and then they have to stick with it. And you may then get tears as you leave the door. But if you do that every day, they're going to learn that actually there's a time for decision and there's no point in crying and making a fuss as you're leaving the door. Mm-hmm. That's a different time and it's for a different thing. Very good. So we're teaching them time management skills as well. I know last week we were talking about time management here with time management parents. So mm-hmm. parents, you can bring the concept you learned last week and now start teaching it to your children in doing things like this and being sticking within the boundaries, as you were saying. So there's a time for this. This is the time now. This is your choice now. Don't come to me later. And I think if you've made these rules as a family and this works especially with with slightly older children but even from kind of five-year-olds up Mm -hmm. if you say okay look this is how we're going to make the morning less stressful for example Mm -hmm. we're going to do this this and then this and this is the rule you can even write it down somewhere then you've kind of externalized the rules which means Mm. that when they say oh I want my hair done now in the corridor you can say oh I'm sorry but that's not in our rules that we decided together so now it's the time that we're leaving the house otherwise we'll be late and children do need to learn Mm -hmm. to obey rules we don't want them to just do whatever they like until they're 11 and suddenly Mm -hmm. tell them to pray five times a day Mm -hmm. actually as Muslims we have to 
conform to rules or we have mm-hmm. to do things in their right time. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're beginning to teach those children that if they decide something too late, it can't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And that links in very well with Ramadan and what we're at the moment talking about rules and prayer like this. And it could be a time that parents would like to encourage their children to, to pray or to start praying, depending on their age, of course, or to pray more within the times because um, when they come home from school, it's still time to pray door so that they're mm-hmm. actually concentrating on, on doing those day prayers on time. So we're, we're trying to encourage our children with the Islamic perspective there also within time management. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and I would say, I mean, I'm obviously I'm not a scholar, so this is just from my psychological perspective. Mm. But what mm. I try and, and think with is that it's really never too young to encourage any Islamic behaviour with our children. But it's often too young to force behaviours. Mm. So when we have sort of three, four, five-year-olds who want to join in the prayer, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. They should always be encouraged to join mm. the prayer, to pray with you, to sit on the masala, whatever they want mm. to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's right to wake them up for a prayer or or make them pray mm. when they're playing and want to mm. do something else. We mm. want to make sure that they see prayer as a really positive mm-hmm. aspect of growing up mm-hmm. rather than something that... It's being forced on them. Yes, it is. Um, we're not Islamic scholars here either, and we are talking about parenting. Mm. Um, and I think it, the children will learn by habit. I, I think it's often the other way around in families. When I talk to families a lot, that the children run when it's time for prayer because they want to be involved. Like in Ramadan, they want to fast yeah. because they want to be part of the family and they see what's going on and they want to be part of the whole environment and everything. That's and from happening. our perspective as Muslims, we believe they have fitra as well, mm. don't they? They they see the good in these good actions and they mm-hmm. want to be close to those actions. So yeah. we celebrate that and encourage that. But at the same time, we're the parents, so we mm. know what's safe and sensible for them to mm-hmm. do. So, for example, my six-year-old who wants to fast at school, mm. and I've said to her that that's not appropriate mm. at her age. Mm. When she's older, so her brother is fasting at school, and mm. that's fine. But if we're allowing them to do that, mm. we're doing it because we've taught them the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. So we've explained to them when they can break their fast, that if they feel sick or dizzy, we give them a snack so that they can kind of change their minds if they need to. And we explain mm-hmm. that it's not obligatory on them mm-hmm. until they reach a little bit older. But from the other side, we are preparing them as well that this is something they will be doing mm-hmm. in not very long amount of time mm-hmm. away so that there's a balance there mm-hmm. well with that mashallah we have to go into another commercial break so inshallah we will join you again after this break